are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB back on the pod. Now, I'm telling you guys, we we recorded a mega pod. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday. No, it was Monday that we recorded this. So I think it's going to be enough content where we're going to be talking the rest of the week and a little bit of next week, too. Like it, We recorded for like two hours, so I'm sorry if you guys get tired of the trade deadline and discussing it with Sully. I'll probably discuss it tomorrow with Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants. Probably do our NLS Power Rankings post-trade deadline. So uh, we, we still got a lot of trade deadline talk to get to with some other Lockdown hosts. I'm eventually trying to go around to each Lockdown host and talk about uh, their new acquisitions. But on today's pod, we're talking with Sully Baseball about the Blue Jays moves, the Dodgers moves. We go to a little digression about Big Poppy in the World Series. Talk about the salary cap versus salary floor. Should it be implemented in baseball? So we got a lot to talk about today. But don't forget, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's jump right into the pod, actually, with Sully Baseball of Lockdown MLB. Uh, by the way, I'll tell you another team, and we had AJ on in our uh in our uh, round table about the uh, uh, trade on trade day. Mm-hmm. I liked what the blue Jays did acquiring Barrios from the twins, I think. And what I said, what I said to her and what I said in the show was I felt that was as much of a trade for 2022 as anything else. It's like, they've made one of their big moves already. Now, if the blue Jays can go on a run and make a run for the wild card, great. But if not, they have Barrios who is still young, still an all-star in their rotation for next year, filling in one of those rotation spots with that lineup. Uh, I think that's a really, really smart move that the, that the Toronto Blue Jays did with an eye on uh, 2022. I think that was a smart move. Yeah, and they were able to help their bullpen a little bit too. They added a Brad Hand, which kind of went underreported. Of course, we mentioned they went after Joaquin Soria as well. So they got two back-end relievers for that team. Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray's all of a sudden the, the Cy Young candidate of that team leading that staff. You got Hyjin Ryu as well. Alex Manoa having a good year. And that lineup, I mean, their lineup is nasty. They have maybe the best position player, not the best overall player, because I think that's Otani, but the best position player, Fly Guerrero Jr. in the American League right now because yeah. there's no Mike 
Trout, of course. He's absolutely tearing the cover off. And that lineup is pretty stacked. You know, Hernandez, Bichet, Simeon, like they got a pretty good team over there in Toronto. So I like what they're building. I think they have a great chance of overtaking the Yankees. In, in, in and, the, and, the and let's take another thing into account. They're back home. The last yeah. year and a half, they've been playing in Buffalo and Dunedin. They're back home. They can relax. They know they've not had a home game since 2019. So, I mean, look at that. Seems like a, a minor fact, but maybe the team could relax, have some home cooking, you know, uh, get some get some Molson's. I don't know what you're going to have there in Toronto. Poutine. Listen, listen to some Rush. I don't know what you're going to do in Toronto. Watch some hockey. Drake. But the, they they can have the they can have a good. Uh, I think they're going to be a really good team in 2022 because they, you know, they, they were a postseason team last year with the extended playoffs. They're going to have another winning season this year and they could contend, but I think keep an eye out for them for next year, because let me tell you something, if all the COVID restrictions are lifted and everything like that, they're going to draw 4 million damn fans in Toronto and have a team that's fun to watch. So I think 2022 it's going to be really good. And before we talk about the biggest loser, uh, I, I want to also say uh, we have some credit to the A's who didn't make a big splashy move, but they picked up a bunch of like Starling Marte from mm-hmm. Miami, Jan Gomes, Josh Harrison, Andrew Chafin. They picked up a bunch of guys. None of these are splashy guys. None of these are headlight grabbers, but they all perfectly fit a need that that team has, especially Josh Harrison, who can play anywhere in the infield and gives them a lot of versatility. And they've had a lot of issues with their outfield depth and putting a player like Starling Marte, who has, you know, across the board, talented player, putting them in Oakland, I think that's going to be, that's going to help the A's. As I said, not one of them's a headline grabber, but they all serve every move they made. I said like, ah, that's smart. Ah, that's smart. Ah, that's smart. Like they, it all made sense. Every move made sense. So I, I give, uh, I give the A's a lot of credit for just being smart, if not grabbing the headlines. No, yeah, I thought Starling Marte was one of the more undervalued players at this deadline. He was someone that I really wanted the Yankees to go after because felt like they needed more athleticism at the top. They needed more athletic mm-hmm. outfielder, and I felt like he fit that bill. I felt like, you know, that would have been good a good deal for the Yankees, and I, I'm happy to see Starling Marte finally go to a good team because we tried the Marte Parte out here in Arizona last year, and guess what? We moved him at the deadline. We sent him over to Miami. He was good with you guys. He, he had a good – he was a really good uh, half – he had a, I guess, half of a quarter of a season. He had a good yeah. eighth of a season. He had a good 20 games where he was yeah. literally the best D-backs player on the roster last year because Keto Marte and Eduardo Escobar weren't good last season. So he was literally the best D-backs position player last year. And we, you mentioned the Dodgers, uh, their move. Of course, getting Max Scherzer and Trey Turner was a major blockbuster. Even getting Danny Duffy was a pretty big move. But yeah. did, you, did you know Trey Turner was on the market like that? No, I, like I didn't no, see a lot of rumors. Stuck. No, I didn't. I never even heard him being rumored to go. Uh, I was uh, that was uh, you know what? The, of all the things that surprised me, because I I was pretty sure Scherzer was going to be moved. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Oakland would have been a great fit for him actually, <laughs> but um, but yeah. And then the rumors came about that he was going to go to San Diego, and then out of the blue he goes to L.A. That wasn't what stunned me because it was pretty clear he was going to be traded to California, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the, the fact that Turner was was thrown into the deal 
like it was uh you know it, you you know punch you, know, you buy nine you get a tenth all-star for free yeah uh and and what that does to allow them to work around the injuries of course Seeger and some of the other the uh, other uncertainties in their uh infield was ah, I was really surprising to me big time and he's just a, a badass dude. Like he's maybe the fastest player in baseball, elite defensive player. What he does for you at the top of the lineup, like they were, I, I don't know if I want to say missing that because they had a guy like Mookie Betts who could kind of set the table for you already, but they kind of just doubled that with Mookie Betts. And if a Cody Bellinger comes back around, like. <laughs> well, they've, they've had, they've had issues with Bellinger's injury. Betts has yeah. had a down year. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't take away the effect of a player like that sparking a team they're not asking him to give you 162 games they're asking to spark them for two months and a few weeks in october and and it just answers some questions i mean there as i said earlier all the talk you know the dodgers the defending world series champs they've been in three of the last four world series and there's talk of oh there's buying titles buying titles (laughs) they're a wild card team right now they would be they could be a one and done in the postseason you know, there's a sense of they're not in the situation that the White Sox are in now. The White Sox can start lining up their playoff rotation. The Dodgers want have to scramble. They can't beat the Giants. The Giants keep beating them. Every time it looks like the Giants are going to fold and the Dodgers are going to overtake them, the Giants pull off a couple of dramatic wins. Now, this, you know, before long, oh, the Giants are going to fold. The Giants are going to fold. The Giants are still the best team in baseball if you're going by wins and losses. And that's what we go by. So uh, the Dodgers, to make a move like this, this isn't the rich getting richer and gluttonous. This is we we don't want to be a wild card team. <laughs> Imagine spending all this money and knowing that if you hand the ball to Walker Bueller in a one game playoff and he gets out dueled by Joe Musgrove, that's it. Bye. Go play golf. That's true. Now, after seeing that move, though, where did you stand on the salary cap versus salary floor debate? Do you want to see them both implemented, one or the other, or do you not even care about them? Sully and I will get into a little digression about Big Poppy, but stressed, tired, just don't feel like cooking? Food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. And now, our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life Freshly, your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritious design classics right to your door. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Lockdown. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash Lockdown for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash Lockdown for $40 off your first two orders. 
With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30% 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the pod. I don't really, I, I've never been a fan of a salary cap for the reason that there isn't a salary floor. I, I think you have to have both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't find it as disgusting to see a rich team signing more players to big time contracts as I do seeing a major league team owned by a billionaire putting a minor league product on the field. That to me disgusts me more. Every single owner is sitting on a gigantic Scrooge McDuck pile of money. And I think there's so much fetishized from Moneyball and trying to everyone thinking they're a GM because they play fantasy baseball <laughs> and the, the raise model and everything like that to say, oh, we want, it's better to win it cheap. And, and I understand that to a degree, but I also want to see the best product on the field. And I, I, I think it's, it's, when you know someone can afford to sign players and they choose not to, you're making a decision to not put a good product on the field. Now, I don't have a problem with a luxury tax. I, I hate the idea of a hard cap, mm-hmm. but I don't have a problem with a luxury tax that once you go past this, you throw some money into the coffers. But the money thrown in the coffers has to go back into either player development or signing players. Every year we see this is one reason why I I think I have no problem with expansion is because every offseason you see there are all these capable major leaguers who can't get a job mm-hmm. because you know the the idea is okay, the first bunch of years before arbitration, you're gonna be underpaid, but later you're gonna be overpaid and it evens out. Well, the evening out is going away. And so a, I have no problem. There's it. I, I, I said we could expand by two with the players who weren't signed. I'm not saying they'd be good teams, but hey, have a team in in Portland or Montreal or Nashville or wherever you're going to put two more teams and just populate it with the unsigned free agents. Uh, but also, you know, if you have a salary floor, it'll force some of the super cheapskate teams to, I don't know, keep a player or two. Or I'll tell you, it didn't work this year, but I liked what Kansas City did. Hmm. It didn't work. 
they signed a bunch of veterans saying, well, no one's signing these veterans. Why don't we sign them? And, and in the end, and they got off to a fast start and they fell apart. <laughs> but I liked the idea that they said, well, what the heck with it? Why don't we try this? And one of the, and you know, when the Red Sox won in 2013, they signed a bunch of free agents to short-term deals mm-hmm. and it worked out. And a couple of times, you know, you see teams pull that off. Uh, I would rather see that. I'm not saying be stupid with your money, but I'm also saying, come on, you shouldn't have, you know, like a 20, $30 million payroll. Okay. Every team can afford at least a little bit. And so, uh, uh, look, the collective bargaining agreement is something that I, I don't have the stomach to even jump in the middle of that. I tend to side with the players because I'm old enough to remember the strikes of 81 and of 94 and the lockout of 90. And every single time the players were right. Every single time the owners were lying. And so I detected a pattern. And so when I hear owners crying poverty, I call BS. Yeah. None, none, you're all, you're all fire a rocket ship to space rich. Okay. And so you can afford, if this is your toy, have fun with it. You know, I, I think we need more crazy billionaires and I wish some of them would spend some of their money on affordable housing, giving people jobs. And then some crazy, there's some crazy billionaire out there who's not interested in spaceships I wish we'd buy the pirates and just turn them into a big market team. That's what happened with the Tigers when Mr. Illich was running the team. Now, they didn't wind up winning the World Series there, but the Tigers, who are notoriously a small budget team, when he took over the team, said, heck with this, I'm going to spend money. And the Tigers became spenders. Mm-hmm. And for about a decade there, they, put a, they didn't win at all, but they put a good product on the field and they were a lot of fun. He forgot to pay for a bullpen. Mm. If he had paid for a bullpen, he probably would have won a World Series or two along the way. Would certainly would have won the 2013 World Series because the Tigers were better than the Red Sox. Mm. If they had a decent, well, if they had a decent, they were two grand slams away from being, you know, they they lost two Max Scherzer starts because their bullpen fell apart from mm-hmm. a David Ortiz grand slam in one and a Shane Victorino grand slam in another. They had a, de- yeah, if they had a decent closer in those two years in those two at bats uh tigers are going off to play the cardinals in the world series anyway i digress yeah uh, i i i don't believe i have no problem with a uh luxury tax i have a huge problem with luxury tax money not being spent on player salaries so that's my long-winded answer there i will give my opinion on the salary cap versus floor debate but did you know Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action? Baseball season is in full swing and can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKEDON.
right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, I was just going to say real quick to continue the, the digression. Uh, that 2013 Red Sox team, I mean, that might be the only example of one man carrying a team to the World Series with what Big Poppy did uh, oh, that yeah. season. I mean, I think he batted 688 in the World Series with like yeah. a 1,900 OPS. It, it was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life. Well, I, I will say there's one, other, there's one other example of one player willing a team to a World Series title. And again, you may be too young to remember this, but in 1988, Oral Hershiser, the, the Dodgers, basically, they had so many injuries, they were a minor league team. If you looked at their lineup, their cleanup hitter in game four of the World Series was Mike Davis, who hit two home runs that year. And their number three batter was Mickey Hatcher, who hit one. And the, their entire team was injured. Gibson couldn't play. By the end, Sosha couldn't play. The, John Tudor couldn't pitch. No one was on the team. And Hershiser willed that team to the World Series to the point where he came out of the bullpen against the Mets to get a save. And then a couple of days later, threw a complete game victory. And a couple of days later, threw another complete game victory where he got three hits. And then, then three days later, got another complete game victory against an Oakland A's team who should have swept them. And the Mets and the a should have swept them and Hershiser himself willed that team to the weirdest world series championship I ever saw just in terms of this team doesn't even belong in the same field and they won it all. So I think along with there, there've been a couple of examples. Big poppy is obviously one, the combination of Johnson and Schilling with the D backs mm-hmm. in 2001. Uh, I mean, that was just, that was just sheer will, but yeah, but, but big poppy did, to basically just carry that team, um, which was better than some of its parts. And, uh, and you had, they had one starting pitcher worth his weight, which was Lester. And they, and they, and they had Koji who out of nowhere had one of the greatest relief pitcher seasons, but even he let up a walk-off home run in the postseason. So, you know, there was, it's, it's difficult to, to point, but it was, yeah, Ortiz just willed the Red Sox and it should have been the Tigers. But it yeah. wasn't, and I'm glad. Yeah, Koji had like a three-year stretch where he was like arguably the best closer in baseball out yeah, of nowhere. Out of just, nowhere. Out just, of nowhere. Yeah, that split finger he had was absolutely insane. But that was a fun digression. I love yeah. talking Big Poppy, but I want to get back to the deadline just a little bit. And okay, you got it. Well, I guess we were just talking about salary cap, salary floor. I haven't given my thoughts yet. And I guess my overall thought on that is just – I kind of like not having the salary cap just because you could look at a team like the Mets, you get a new owner with money, and then all of a sudden you could get any player in baseball you want. That's how easy it is in the sport of baseball without salary cap. You can literally go out and acquire any major league star who's not happy and you can pay them and they could be on your team for the next 10 to 15 years. If you have an owner that has that kind of money, it's not an issue for you. So I kind of like having not having a salary cap for that reason. The salary floor, I feel like it won't change as much life as people would think it does. I feel like teams would just get smart and just overpay one-year deals for, you know, random veteran pitchers and random veteran bullpens and stuff. This guy making $5 million, I just give him $10 million because you have to spend uh, uh, to a certain threshold either way. So I'm not really sure if either of those solutions would actually fix the sport of baseball. I don't think baseball really has a financial issue. Like you said, the Yankees and Dodgers don't win the World Series every year. So even though they have all the money in the world, actually well, hasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said that in our, in our DM session that someone said, don't you think it's bad that the Yankees and 
Dodgers buy the World Series every year. And I said, well, they, in the last 20 years, they've combined for two titles. So I don't think it's really an epidemic. Yeah, they buy the on-paper World Series championship every year sure. because you go into the season where it's like, oh, my God, how did they acquire that superstar and that superstar? And then you go in, yeah, they should be the betting favorites. But baseball is one of those sports where the better team doesn't always win. It's not like basketball where if you have the better players, you're probably going to win if both teams are healthy. Even in football, just because it's a one-game scenario, anything can happen. Baseball, you have a whole series and the better team might not win. You could play 162 games and the team with 15 less wins could win the World Series. Well, I'll tell you the thing. The, the thing that happens a lot of times is over 162 games, this is the reason why you saw year in and year out Atlanta have a, a Hall of Fame rotation. Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, like their number four starter a couple of years would be someone like Denny Nagel with 20 wins or Steve Avery was a Cy Young contender or or um, what's it? Kevin Millwood would go like 17 and 11 with an ERA of like three. And he's your number four starter. who doesn't get a start in the postseason because that's how deep their their starting staff was. But they kept losing, say, for 95. They kept losing to a team in the postseason because they would go up against a team who, all right, they don't have the Hall of Fame rotation, but they have a good rotation. And so like going against the Marlins in 1997 or San Diego in 1998, the, the Padres didn't have a better rotation than the Braves, but they had a good rotation. And so for one day, you know, they're not overwhelming the other team. So it kind of neutralizes the rotations. And then you got to play them one on one. And that happens, as I mentioned before, L.A. was not better than New York or Oakland in 1988. But for those individual games, because they knew Hershiser was going to win their games, they were able to put too much pressure on the other ones. It happens. It's very it, 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 it's very common to see a team win the World Series who's not the best team. Yes. Yeah. You seldom see the best team in the American League record wise play the best team in the National League record wise by the time all the dust is settled. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Remember, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll have part two tomorrow with Sully Baseball once again, where we discuss our least favorite moves of the MLB trade deadline. So you're not going to want to you're not going to want to miss that. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!